My friend called me Leslie Nope yesterday and I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's like, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Ah, uh, okay. So it's been a crazy week. <laughs> yeah, I'm ex- exhausted. I'm ready to go to bed. All right. So before we both conk out for forever, let's talk about this episode, shall we? We shall. All right. So let's get this shit started. Let's hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome. Welcome back to the Luck We Had a Shameless Recap podcast. Let's introduce and- ourselves at the top this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like last week when we forgot. Well, welcome back, everyone. Or if you're a new time listener, welcome to the Luck We Had. I am one of your hosts. My name is Evan, and I let my lovely co-host introduce herself. I'm another one of your hosts. My name's Amanda. And we are two shameless fans who like losing our shit about this show. And now we're doing it on a podcast, so all of you can hear it. Exactly. Instead of doing it in the comfort of DMs, we're going to talk out loud and you have to hear it. Our family (laughs) and friends are tired of listening to it. So it's all for you guys now. And today we we are hitting the halfway point of season one. We are talking about season one, episode six, Killer Carl. Yes. So this is the halfway point of season one. Uh, this season started airing at the beginning of 2011. This episode aired on February 13th, 2011. A nice little pre-Valentine's treat <laughs> for all the viewers. It was written by none other than Mike O'Malley, otherwise known yes! as Bert Hummel of Glee. The everybody's, every, every gay kid's dream father, Bert Hummel. From I Glee. love Bert so much. <laughs> uh, he... We'll end up writing five episodes of Shameless through the first three seasons, and this is his first crack at it. And this episode was directed by John Dahl. He did a lot of uh, TV directing, like, mostly for Showtime. So, like, this episode of Shameless, Dexter, Californication, House of Lies, a whole bunch of other shit. I have not thought about Californication in literally years. (laughs) I forgot about that show. David Duchovny is an icon, so... I recommend giving it another look. It's really good. Uh, and this is the first of two Shameless episodes that John Dahl has directed. The other two will be season two, episode six, Can I Have a Mother? I'm trying to look remember him. exactly Him in episode six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're six episodes in the first two seasons. We need John Dahl to direct. And uh, let's see what the synopsis of his directorial Shameless debut is. Fiona tries to prove that the Gallagher home is suitable for rehabilitating a delinquent, Carl. Lip gets busted, taking the SAT for fellow students. Frank's poor business acumen continues to have negative consequences. So that's what we're looking at going into episode six, Killer Carl. The previously on is done by Frank. I think Frank might do all the previously ons in season one because he's done all of them so far. Yeah, I think he does them because, like, as you, like, said in previous episodes, like, Michael, Ma- I mean, <laughs> oh, my God, um, freaking, why am I blank? Oh, my God, William H. Macy. I have had a day. I apologize. <laughs> um, Because, like, as you were saying, like, he's the token star. So, like, it makes sense why he's probably, like, the one who's doing all of them because everyone's like, we're there for William H. Macy. And then he's not in, like, a couple of the episodes besides, like, small things. Yeah. So we, he starts off the previously on, and um, if you guys want to know what happened last week on Shameless, season one, episode five of our podcast is up on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can listen to that and jump back over to here. You can get all caught up. Uh, but in this previously on, it also includes a scene that isn't in the episode, 
season uh, of episode five. It's mm-hmm. Cash and Ian in robes in Cash's house, and Ian saying, "I'm gay, dude, not queer." So, like, I guess there was a whole scene where they had a conversation after Ian's freakout that we never saw. And you know what? Thank God for that. Yeah, I we didn't want to see that. <laughs> we didn't need it. No one needed it. Uh, so then we open on Fiona brushing her teeth and being adorable because we love Fiona. And then she crawls into bed with Steve and is like crawling all up over him and tells him to brush his teeth because she wants to play. And it's very cute. It's very cute, but like, ew. <laughs> I want to play. Like, <laughs> shut up. Just say you want to fuck. <laughs> but like, they're being cute and coupley and adorable and it's it's wonderful. And so we cut away from that. Carl is downstairs. He's got a Barbie doll strapped to an electric chair that he has made. And uh, Debbie is serving him and Liam breakfast, seemingly barely bothered by that, by the Barbie doll situation. She just told him, I thought Fiona told you to stop that. (laughs) But she doesn't, she doesn't actively try to stop him. I always just think about that video, the fucking clip of Carl when he puts like the goldfish in the microwave and then like turns around and everyone's looking at him and he's just like, what <laughs> was that from last episode yeah <laughs> I, I love that scene so much that's carl in a nutshell that scene uh so debbie does not try to stop him and then we cut upstairs fiona and steve are fucking of and, course but fiona is trying to like hurry it up and get it get it done because she's got to go make lunches <laughs> And they just, they just start, like, having a conversation while they're fucking. And she's like, no, serious. Like, yes, this is very cute. You're very sexy. We Can we move this along? I've noticed that with them. They always just, like, casually talk when they fuck. And I'm like, like, I don't know. Personally, like, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm just, like, down to, like, talk about my day or, like, my siblings' lunches or that I got to make. And, like, don't they? She, like, flirts when she's like, yeah, I'm going to put some, I spread the mayo and then the hand. Like, <laughs> she makes it like she tries to be sexy talking about making lunches. And I'm like, you nasty bitch. Responsibility gets Steve's motor going. I don't know what to tell you. It's great. <laughs> I love how much they talk during sex. It's awesome. Uh, so then the power goes out and Fiona naturally assumes that it's because of Carl. But no, it's because they didn't pay the electric bill. Uh, so the whole family goes running outside to the guy that just shut the electricity off. And it seems that they've had this conversation with this guy before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they know this guy. They've got a good rapport with him. And he says, listen, if you've got the money and you can pay it. And Fiona's like, I have the money. I picked up a shift. I just didn't pay it yet. He's like, well, then pay it. Give me a call on my cell. I'll come and turn it back on. We love it. Thanks for looking like, out, dude. They have, like, connections with, like, everyone. Like, they, even for, like, previous things, like, with their water and, like, all this stuff, they always just know the person working on the things, and they always try to finesse something from them, and I love that. Fiona knows how to bat her eyes and play, like, the single, like, single mother role with people. Like, can you just help me out? It's great. She knows what she's doing. Uh, So we cut from that to the Jackson house, where Karen's dad and Frank are splitting a newspaper. And uh, Sheila is, like, cooking up a storm and making a gourmet breakfast for herself, Frank, and Karen. And her ex is still eating Cheerios. And when he reaches for anything good, she slaps his hand away. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that my, consistent thing. My favorite thing about this scene is that, like, I think, like, I forget what one of them is reading the newspaper. And then, like, the other one, like, asks for a section and he just, like, hands it over to him. And I was like, how are you guys being so domestic right now? They're, like, best friends sharing, sharing butt sex secrets about <laughs> Sheila. My favorite is when he goes, like, he was, like, take Advil beforehand. <laughs> so while they're at that 
very uncomfortable breakfast. Sheila is, like, planning a whole big fancy dinner, and her ex is being an enormous dick about it, because that's what he knows how to do, is be a dick about it. And Karen brings up to Sheila that it's parents' night at school. And Sheila's like, no, I know. And I'm, I'm going to come. I promise I'm going to come. And, like, it breaks your heart because you know she's not going to come. Yeah. It's really upsetting. So Karen- she, she tries so hard and, like, she always, like, promises Karen. And, like, Karen knows she can't. But, like, I just love how hard Sheila tries even though we all know it will inevitably fail. Yeah. And then Karen asks Dad if he will be at Parents' Night. And apparently she means Daddy Frank, which <laughs> can we never... We're going to hear that way too many times over the next few episodes. It makes me very sad. And Frank Actually. immediately is such a big no that he's like, no, 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 no. Gives a whole rant about how he doesn't do school as he stands up and backs out the front door. <laughs> as much as I hate Frank, I love Frank. <laughs> Couldn't be a bigger no if you tried. It was awesome. Uh, Sheila insists. She puts her foot down. She's like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be there. And her ex laughs about it. And Karen says, laugh again and I'll slit your fucking throat. (laughs) As much as I hate Karen, I love how much she hates her dad because he deserves it. She gives us daddy Frank. And then she says, shut the fuck up or I'll slit your throat. Like, why can't, why do you have to be good and terrible? I don't understand. This girl is whack. But we've been new. Yeah. So we cut back to the Gallagher's. Uh, A kid named Warren is at the door for Lip. And they're packing all of their, like, refrigerated food into a cooler to keep it from spoiling while their power is out. Steve comes downstairs, and Fiona sort of picks a fight with him about, like, the fact that he's around is distracting her too much, and that's why she didn't pay the bill. And that's kind of bullshit. She's so dramatic. She always blames so many, like, personal small things on Steve. And I'm like, listen, you're the one who chose to fuck that guy and let him back into your house. (laughs) Yeah. So they're, like, not in a fight about it, but, like, she's being kind of weird about it. Uh, So then Warren wakes Lip up by standing way too close to his face. (laughs) He's, like, standing looking at him face to face from the bunk bed. Like, go away, creep. So he's, he's there to pay Lip for a paper Lip wrote for him. And he keeps trying to cheap out. And he's like, yeah, I have the $35. Lip is like, never said 35 I said 50 I said 50 for this paper. I said 50 for that paper. You know it was 50 And then one of my favorite lines of Lip's in this, Warren, like, starts to mumble under his breath what, like, sort of sound like a foreign language, but it is clearly gibberish. And Lip's mm-hmm. like, hey, stop speaking fake Korean. I know you can understand me. <laughs> it's great. This is a nice stand. Jeremy Allen White gets a good chunk of dialogue to chew on in this one. Because uh, Lip is a smart businessman, and we respect him for it. We love him. Uh, so he says, I want you to give me 50, or GFY. Warren's like, GFY? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Speaking of- Like, go- why do you have to say the abbreviation? Like, you're such a loser, Lip. This is a boy who later on, later on in the series wears, fuck you, you fucking fuck, on his t-shirt. I've looked for that shirt, and I won it. <laughs> I think the shameless like fan store sells it or something. I know what I'm doing with my shitty paycheck. <laughs> so speaking of go fuck yourself, the cash and grab. Blech, nasty. Next scene. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, Linda's going over the inventory sheets and cash is being lazy reading a magazine. And Linda points out that they're short again. And she cash tries to send the boys away so he can talk to her. And she's like, no, 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 they're going to listen to this. She's like, Hey boys, Other than genetic markers for heart disease and bad teeth, 
This dump is the sum total of what we're leaving you. <laughs> I stand I love Linda Kareeb. <laughs> I love her so much. Like, she's so powerful and, like, she's in such a nasty situation. So she's like, all right, I'm going to be the bad bitch that I am. Yeah. And she asks Cash what the hell he's doing while they're being robbed blind. And those things in order are being a pussy and fucking a child. That is what he's doing <laughs> while they're being robbed blind. So she says, do me a favor while I take the kids to school. Grow a pair. Point one, Linda. We, we love Linda. We stand Linda in this house. Then we cut to the Gallagher house again. Someone pulls up in a truck looking all shady and murdery. These two guys are in a truck looking shady and murdery. And there's a third guy in the bed of their truck that they pull up and that guy IDs the house. And both of these actors play bad guys in, like, pretty much everything I've ever seen them in. And, <laughs> like, at least one of them plays a member of the Irish mob in Sons of Anarchy. And the oh other one, my god. The other one plays, like, a hillbilly, like, drug dealer in something. Like, I, I didn't look them up. Sorry about it. But, like, they're always the bad guy in the thing they are in. So they're two guys looking for Frank because Frank owes them money. So, yeah, these guys are, like, scoping out the house. And then we cut to inside. Fiona is trying to get Liam to potty train by bribing him with candy and cards. She's like, we can spend the money that we save on diapers with on candy and cars. Don't you like candy and cars? <laughs> and Carl walks by and goes, ah, rewards for shitting. The good old days. Honestly, he's not wrong. Love you, Carl. Uh, Steve tries to pay the power bill and finds out that Lip's SATs, Lip takes the SATs to pay the bills. Ian's got another SAT client for Lip. Um, and then the family fights about who's taking the phone for the day. And, like, Fiona wins. Fiona's getting the phone for the day. Like, doesn't Debbie, she was like, I need it for babysitting. And we're like, Debbie, you don't need a phone. <laughs> so Fiona's like, I get the fucking phone today. Go to school. Carl gives Fiona, on his way out the door, because he's a smart boy, he gives Fiona a note from his teacher. And she confiscates the bat from him as he leaves, because he's, once again, trying to take the bat to school. I love that bat. <laughs> Steve, again, tries to hand Fiona money, and she rejects it, but it's they're cute about it. He, he's like, why won't you take the money? She's like, because you keep fucking offering it to me. My whole thing is, like, I understand, like, Fiona doesn't like to take things from people and, like, all this stuff, but, like, they've gotten to themselves into so many situations and have not accepted the handouts, and I'm like, you obviously could have had an easier life if she accepted the handouts, especially from Steve, because this man's been trying to throw shit at her for the last five episodes <laughs> and he makes a good point in this one he's giving her money for the utilities he's like i'm basically living here will you let me give you money yeah it's like man's is there he's driving the kids to school he's getting them coffee he's like man and fiona are like morning fucking like he's living there he's doing the dues yeah it's not charity he's putting into the squirrel fund that's what he's doing and she won't let him but we cut away from that them being cute uh to the irish guys in the truck so, the Irish men in the truck wait for everyone to leave, which is nice. They're waiting for the kids to not be in the house. Uh, and then they go inside where Fiona is reading the note from Carl's teacher, but her, like, back is to the door. And then the guys talk, and she looks up, and she's like, grabs the bat. She's like, get the fuck out of my house. Um, and the, one of the guys says, you should deadbolt your door. This is a dangerous neighborhood. And, like... He's so right! He's Me so and you have talked about this in previous episodes. Literally, like, these bitches do not lock their doors. And people are just always in and out of their house. And, like, 
they have they don't live in the nicest neighborhood and like same thing about like the cars we were like that nice car would not last a freaking day in that neighborhood they need to learn to lock their goddamn doors so like he's threatening fiona and he's the bad guy but like he makes a point uh lock your fucking (laughs) yeah he's not wrong (laughs) so they tell her that frank has to pay them back or they will come back and they will use the bat on her which like (sighs) they're bad guys just so you guys know they're the bad guys yeah, they have to threaten Fiona to make you actually care about them. Because, <laughs> like, they knew, because everyone knew that, like, if it was just, like, a Frank thing, they would be like, eh, it's fine. But, of course, they had to inv- bring in, like, that whole family to make it more angsty yeah. drama. <laughs> so we cut from the bad guys to Lip and Karen explaining the rules to a kid that's paying for the SATs. Oh, my God, this scene is so funny. <laughs> this kid is so stupid. He's so stupid. He's so dumb. So he's dumber than a bag of rocks. And at the end of figuring out how Lip is going to take the SATs for him, the guy's like, all right, Karen, I'll pick you up at seven. This guy's got a date with Karen. Karen's fucking this guy. Cool. We didn't even... (laughs) I just want to talk about this scene because, like, obviously for, like, Lip getting into the SATs and stuff like that, he has to, like, make, like, a fake ID with the photo and stuff. And so, like, the kid is like, so I go in there, right? And he's like, no, I go in for you, and they think I'm you, and I'll do the test. And he goes, okay, so, but you don't look like me. And he's like, yeah, but I have a fake ID. He goes, but you don't have the same name as me. And Lip is just, like, looking at him. And then what doesn't Karen, like, basically, like, tell him to, like, fuck off, and then it's, like, 200 the, bucks or whatever. And the guy goes, but I'm tall. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Lip and Ian are just like, that's a risk we're going to have to take, man. Like, Oh, my God. I, I love them so much. So he Lip observes this guy asking Karen out on a date and Karen being, like, up for it. And he's super not into that. You can see it on his face. He's not a fan. Um, also, we haven't mentioned it yet in this episode, but Ian is, in fact, still baby. Ian he's is baby. baby. <laughs> so then we cut from that dumber than a bag of rocks scene. To Sheila's house, where Sheila's therapist is coming over for a session. And very advanced for 2011, they're using a VR headset for an immersive therapy experience. Yeah, that was this was, like, pretty ahead of its time for being, like, 2011. Yeah, like, that seemed like a ridiculous thing to do. And then now it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's got a VR headset. Uh, so this woman comes over, and they put on a VR headset. So we cut to the alibi, where... Fiona confronts Frank about the guys who came in the house, you know, threatening to hurt her, uh, looking for money for him. And he claims that in the scam he was involved with these men, he wasn't given any money. And Kev chimes in. He's like, Frank, I warned you. And Fiona turns to Kev like, why the fuck didn't you tell me? And Kev says, I don't have time to call you every time Frank has a bad idea. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. She, he's, you, got her, you got her there, Kev. And so Fiona demands that Frank, like, take care of this fucking problem because she's not having this. Also, Frank has to go to the school for parents' night because Carl was given a letter that a parent has to arrive for him tonight because of disciplinary issues. Uh, Carl always getting in the trouble. And what disciplinary? Disciplinary? Can I say a word? Can I speak? <laughs> what disciplinary issues do you ask? Then we cut to a montage of Carl just being a terrorist at school. Bro, he fucks them kids up. He's giving kids wedgies. He's drowning them in the water fountains. He's peeing on plants. 
he's slamming a kid's arm in a locker. It's it's insane. like he's like repeatedly like closing it and and like the kids just like standing there screaming, like breaking this kid's arm for sure. It is it's. Carl's I think in the later scene, one of the kids is wearing a sling. <laughs> oh yeah, Carl's a whole nightmare. But Frank, of course, is a boys will be boys. That's what boys do. That's how boys. Is that how boys act? Evan, do you slam people's arms into lockers? Is that what boys always, do? Always, always. So Fiona says, like Frank has to go. They need a parent to show up because Frank's like, why don't you just go? So then Frank goes in a, on a rant. He goes from teachers to gender. He goes on an <laughs> offensive rant about gender, and then says, no one scares Frank Gallagher, and then. We see the bad guys walk in the front door of the bar, and Frank is immediately chased out the back door. Because <laughs> no one scares Frank Gallagher except for those fucking guys. And Mans runs out with his beer in hand. Yeah, he puts on his coat while holding his beer and runs while holding his. It takes him an, an absurd amount of time to drop this pint glass of beer as he is running away from these men. Uh, and then we he's running away from them for like a while. And then we cut back to the alibi where Fiona has just observed that happen and stayed still and then turned to talk to Kev. And she asked Kev to pretend to be Frank at school. And he only says he can't, he can't because he has work. But like, otherwise I feel Kev would have done this, which was very sweet of Kev. Yeah. I feel like he definitely would. I wonder why, I guess they just wanted to obviously do other things with this, but like, you know, Kev would always be up helping that family. Yeah. So he asked Fiona, like, why don't you just say that you had Carl when you were, like, 14? You could pass for 23. Okay, first indicator that we know her age. She is definitely younger than 23. Lock that away. We get confirmation yeah. later in the episode, but, like, for now, okay, she's for sure younger than 23. Got it. Which means she's younger than me. I couldn't imagine. I oh, couldn't my imagine. God, yeah. Holy shit. So Kev insists that Frank's going to show up. That it, it, Bottom line, Frank will end up doing the right thing, which, like, you got a lot of faith in that man. <laughs> yeah, like, out. Kevin knows this man. He put <laughs> he put in way too much faith in him. So we cut from Kevin insisting Frank will do the right thing, back to Frank running, stealing a skateboard from a child, and attaching himself to the back of a garbage truck that is driving away to get away from the thugs. And then we cut back to the Jackson house. Sheila is virtual grocery shopping in her VR headset while her therapist just makes a cocktail. I know her therapist is just like chilling and she's like, uh-huh, keep going. Well, she's just like stirring herself up a drink. And the therapist like, I guess, pushes Sheila too far too fast. And she's like, okay, we're leaving the store now. And Sheila's, she's not about it. And she rips the VR headset off and she has a breakdown. And I need somebody to hug her. Oh, I want to hug Sheila so bad. I need somebody to hug Sheila. I love Joan Cusack with my entire heart. It's, it, it, this is fantastic. So we cut away from Sheila having a whole breakdown to Fiona in line at the electric company. And she gets a call from Steve. He's working, also known as stealing a car, uh, while they talk about parents' night and how Carl is in trouble. And it's a very cute conversation. And it's and Steve's like, oh, that sucks. I wonder what you're going to do about it. And I'm like, Steve, this is where you offer to come and pretend to be Carl's father. This is This is the moment. You're missing it, Steve. But also, every other single time Steve has offered anything to Fiona, he's been shot down. <laughs> you got a point there. So then we cut away from that. They, they like, get off the phone, and she's like, I'll text you later. He's like, make it dirty. And, like, they're very cute. I love them. And then we cut to Ian, Karen, and Lip, who are smoking in the bathroom in school. 
Bro, like, their school, I guess it has to be pretty, like, trashy of a school that they are literally, like, they're all just chilling in there. And, like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, smoking cigarettes in schools, like, dude, kids who did that at my school were busted instantly. Oh, I, see. It that shit would reek the corridors. It wasn't the high school I went to, but the high school that was attached to the middle school I went to. Some girls burned the bathroom down because they threw a, a not put out cigarette into the trash can that was just. <gasps> that happened in my, my school my senior year. We had a fucking fire drill. We had to evacuate the building because a trash can caught on fire. <laughs> so we can't talk. We went to trashy school too. Hey yo. <laughs> so yeah, Wish I went to in school the with them. It'd be more eventful. <laughs> They're smoking in the bathroom, and Lip says the key to a good book report is claiming the main character is gay. And it's kind of genius. He's like, because either the English teacher is also gay and agrees, or is straight and is afraid to, to argue back with you. And I was like, that's <laughs> kind of genius. And also, pretty much what I did with most of my reports. Uh, so while they're talking about that, a football player comes in, and he's like ecstatic about the SAT score that he got. And he says, I'll be a beer-swillin', roofie-slippin' tiger next year. And Karen, you're correct to have that face at that comment. Yeah, like, ew. <laughs> what the fuck? Why do we need that line? And then there's another football player that came in with him that's, like, obviously angry. He has not gotten his results yet. Ian's like, no worries. There's one last testing session this year. Tell your friends. And the guy's like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. So they leave and Karen goes, why do we help people we hate? <laughs> Dude, she'd be spitting facts this episode. <laughs> I know, I'm... Karen is such a roller coaster character for me. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. So we cut away from that. Frank is still running. Um, <laughs> he's diving over the fence and go coming in through Sheila's back door. Sheila's crying still. Um, and he's like, she trying to talk gibberish to him. And he's like, I need, I need you to shut the fuck up for a minute. Like, <laughs> so he's hiding out in Sheila's house. We cut away from that. Uh, Fiona is at Carl's school and she sees Carl made a disturbing paper mache pile of shit. It's honestly a pretty good piece though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Like, and the principal is a total asshole and he's like, I need a parent to show up. I have had 15 of you Gallagher's in this place. I have never met a parent. And he, he threatens to call child services. I'm like, why the, why are you so aggressive right now? Yeah. Like it's not even an, issue with like a home situation or like anything along that lines like carl's just a bad kid and he's threatening cps on that like bro you just trying to create more plot for this episode <laughs> right? so we cut back to the jackson house sheila is begging frank to go to the parents night like to support karen and frank gives another rant about all the reasons he doesn't want to go the frank rants are like plentiful in this episode he has a lot to say, and no one wants to hear it. <laughs> exactly. It was nonsense words that I just tuned out the moment he started talking. Uh, but there's a knock at the door. It's the thugs that are looking for Frank. And like a smart woman, Sheila's door is deadbolted and has the chain on. We stand a protective queen. So Sheila opens it enough to peek out the chain, and the guys are like, Oh, uh, yeah, we need Frank. We're doing a, a dart tournament for, for kids, for paralyzed kids. And, like, they give her a whole line and a spiel to get in the front door. 
And while they're talking, Frank is sneaking his ass out the back door. And, like, they're actually cut very polite with Sheila. They're so sweet with her, and they're, like, listening, and they're, they're taking off her sh- their shoes for her, and she's like, just put them in the bags. <laughs> and the guy's like, my mother would, dis- would be disappointed with me if I didn't. I was like, you guys are interesting. <laughs> the vibe they give off is very strange. I know, I love how they, like, gave them that little quirk to be, like, cute, low, respectful men. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna wait for the kids to leave. We're, we're gonna be nice to this OCD lady. Like, wh- interesting. Interesting character rounding there. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. And then we're gonna, it. we're gonna it's need a coming. moment. <laughs> we're gonna need a moment because, be, like, just an insert for 30 seconds. We get no other development of this during this episode. <sighs> Mickey's here. Mickey's back. Mickey's here. Mickey's here. Mickey's here. Mickey's here. Guys, we're so excited. Fucking Mickey is here. I know Mickey's that he's here and he's not spending any money. <laughs> I know that for people who are watching the show for the first time and uh, and listening to this, uh, you're not going to understand why we like this character that you've seen for a total of five minutes so much. And like of all those five minutes, he's been violent <laughs> toward one of our main characters. I, I always to hold just on. To- I totally forgot because like, obviously we continue to see his character throughout the season, but what we're given so far <laughs> It doesn't really make sense why he's our favorite character, but you'll all know very soon. I need y'all to hold on. He is a breath of fresh air. Please, we had to hold on. You better hold on, too. And yes, makeup has not figured out how to do his eyebrows yet. We're forgiving (laughs) them for that. Don't be mean to him. It's not his fault. He has the blondest hair in the entire world. Yeah, Noel Fisher is so blonde, and Mickey has dark black hair. I wonder what made them want to dye his hair like i guess ginger. they wanted to give him the more thuggy look i guess or like the kind of match milkovich's but at the same time like noel fisher man blondest eyebrows you ever did see blondest a, hair you ever did see he's a ginger who defaults to blonde when he's not wearing the black mickey hair he couldn't be mickey with blonde hair it couldn't happen no i think i'd be scared like if i saw him as mickey with the blonde hair i would just think about his fucking character from the riches or what's that show yep the riches cal malone <laughs> i i watched the riches because you told me to and that show was actually kind of lit also watch the riches if you guys want to <laughs> it is good. very frustrating because because of the writer strike it ends halfway through season two um yeah it's real upsetting but it's- the first season is really good if you want to just be satisfied just watch the first season eddie Izzard, mini driver noel fisher it's fantastic anyway it's so good so on the Mickey. Mickey is here. He's sitting outside the cash and grab waiting for Linda to leave because he's a smart criminal. He's waiting for the woman who pays attention to leave the store. And then he goes in and just like casually strolls in the store, takes whatever he wants, grabs a box out of Cash's hand to put all of his stolen merchandise in. He says, he's shopping. Yeah, he's, he's like shopping. at Aldi. <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, heads up, you're at a barbecue Pringles. And then he pieces out and he leaves. And like, we love, we love this man. And Cash sits there silent because he's afraid because he's a pussy because he could fuck a 15 year old, but he can't stand up to one apparently. Anyway, um, Ian comes out of the back after Mickey leaves and confronts Cra- Cash about not standing up to Mickey. And Cash says he stood up to Terry, Mickey's dad, once and it didn't end well. And then we cut to a flash of Terry beating up Cash, also known as the one and only time Terry Milkovich ever has rights. <laughs> the only time 
Terry's name will be spoken positively. He is granted temporary rights for this for the flash of a scene where he's beating the shit out of Cash. For this before this one cutscene, but then his own thing is with the other worst, most hated character by me and you. So honestly, no rights anywhere. And I'm not giving him rights for the reason that Terry is beating up Cash. I'm giving him rights for the reason that I imagine Cash deserves to be beat up. He's beating Cash him up. deserves to be beat up just by yeah. his fucking Terry is beating Cash up because he's a racist. I want someone to beat up Cash because he's a pedophile. There's a difference. <laughs> There's a big difference. Anyway, uh, so we cut away from that flash. And Mickey comes back in while Ian and Cash are standing at the register. And he just walks, he's like, forgot the dip. And he grabs dip and he walks out the door. <laughs> love it. And I Ian, love him. And he walks out the door and Ian's like, God damn it, Cash, you're a pussy. And he walks out and he confronts Mickey. Um, I also took a screenshot of like the very first moment Ian and Mickey were in a, a scene, like a shot together, because it <laughs> got me real emotional. So Ian walks out and says, Why don't you steal from somewhere not in your own neighborhood? Have some civic pride. And, and- he, He's right, though. Like, steal from the corporations. Don't steal from local businesses. You can steal from cash. Because uh, Mickey throws the dip and says, you know where I live, you have a problem. And licks his finger and walks away. The thing about this is that the dip is, like, open. And he throws that dip and it fucking covers the entire outside of the store. And, like, a little bit on Ian. And I'm like, did he open the dip? Like, what? It's great. It's wonderful. We stand Mickey. Uh, and you will all see why if you haven't yet. <laughs> You'll all see. We stand Mickey. But we cut away from that iconic 30 seconds of Mickey that we get to Lip taking the SATs in a cafeteria somewhere. He finishes early because he's a genius and he turns in the test. And then we cut to Fiona again at the house. She's getting the power turned back on and she gets a call from Steve and she rants about that horrible school meeting that she had. And Steve finally offers to come and pretend to be Frank. And Fiona says he's too young and hangs up on him. And then she asks the power guy if he's busy. Girl, you're hurting. <laughs> you're hurting for someone to be frank. Just accept the help. I don't get it. So we cut to Lip calling a customer about the test he just took. And he hangs up the payphone. A payphone. Hangs up the payphone. And there's a man in a suit, an SAT investigator, sitting outside. And he accuses Lip of lying and cheating. And... Bring, and he's like, I think you're cheating on all these tests. Not only just taking tests for other people, I think you're cheating on them. Come and take this brand new test we just developed. That's an interesting way to deal with it. I wonder how they were able to track him like that. Because, like, obviously, like, when he went into the SATs and stuff like that, he made, like, fake IDs and made sure it had all the names and stuff. I wonder how they caught on to him. I, I think it, he I think he probably did it way too frequently. And I guess just a spike of high scores in that area. And then, like... Yeah, it's... Yeah. If you've got one person sitting outside the testing facilities every time and you see the same kid every time, you could put two and two together. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, especially if you're the head of the SATs, you better be able to put two and two together. Um, <laughs> yeah, you dumbass, that's on you then. <laughs> so we cut from that. Karen is walking home from somewhere, and I guess school, and then Frank is like cowering behind her fence and asks her to make a diversion for him because the guys are like waiting on the corner for him. And she's like, Okay, I will, but, like, you have to promise to come to school tonight with me. Because she's like, listen, and again, this is a moment that I have compassion for Karen. She's like, there's no, never anybody there to see how good I'm doing, and I'm doing really fucking good. And, like, I understand that. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Uh, So we cut 
away from that because she agrees to be the diversion because he agrees to go to the school for him, for her. And uh, she goes to give a diversion to the guys in the truck while uh, Frank sneaks back in the house. We cut back to the cash and grab. Linda comes back. <laughs> She's great. She says, optimism is for children and presidents, not for mini-mart owners in the land of 30 million jobless. <laughs> Dude, she literally is killing it this episode tell me why we shouldn't stand linda i'm just saying so while she's standing there ian comes in with the box of things to replace the things that mickey stole so she catches him and is like it's that milkovich kid again isn't it and she's done she's officially fed up she locks the door grabs the nascar cutout that they have standing in the mini mart and is like come meet me the fuck outside what's up linda what you got planned yeah linda what you doing but before we can find out, we cut back to the Jackson house. Frank is putting on a tie and Sheila is, I guess, hemming his pants. And she's thrilled that someone is going to be there for Karen. And she's like, well, while I'm on my knees, do we have a minute? And she, <laughs> he gets a thank you blowjob that he doesn't deserve. Yeah, he doesn't deserve anything, especially see Sheila blowjob. <laughs> yeah, right? No. We cut away from that back to Lip waiting for the test results of that like brand new test he just took. And he gets a perfect score saved for one question. And he's like, no, 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 that question was flawed. You're going to get, you're going to get letters about that. And the guy's like, okay, so you got a perfect fucking score on this brand new test. Dude, Lip is so crazy smart. Like, dude, they, this kid is crazy. So the, the like test guy is super impressed with Lip and tells him to never take another test for a kid ever again, or he will find him and beat him senseless. Which like. I love that. It's somebody saying, hi, you're really smart. Please don't squander your opportunities. Yeah, don't fuck it up for yourself. Because, like, it could have been bad. Getting caught for that could have been bad. This guy gave Lip a break. Uh, they're, they're just invalidating all of the scores that Lip has for everybody that he took a test for. So Dude, like, he took so many tests, and I, like, it, I can't believe they invalidated, like, all of them. Like, I get it and why they did it, but, like... The kid's already smart as hell. Might as well give it to him. <laughs> so Lip's got some hard phone calls to make when he gets home. But we hard cut from Lip's awesome gene. Like, when the guy walks away, Lip looks, like, proud. Like, yeah, you should be proud. You are very, very smart. Uh, and we, There's a hard cut from that to Linda shooting. Linda is a queen. She's showing off her marksmanship skills, shooting the nuts off of their NASCAR cardboard cutout. She is killing it. She is getting every shot she is has a power stance she is a bad bitch and linda and cash and ian are standing there watching and ian looks impressed with her marksmanship and cash looks horrified and scared and cash asks when did you learn how to do that and she says i lived a lot of years before i met you i'm sorry what i mean like I Give, give me Linda backstory. Give me. She's more interesting than Cash and, like, any other side character combined. <laughs> I need a bottle episode of a Linda backstory. That's all I want. I want an hour to to hear about Linda. It's great. I want to know how she agreed to marry nasty Cash. <laughs> I lived a lot of years before I met you, she says, handing over a gun. Oh, what a badass. So what she an actual badass. Ass. She hands the gun to Cash, and he's a coward and doesn't know how to hold it. And like, I get it, guns. I hate guns, but like, he's a coward, um, and he doesn't know how to hold it. And he shoots way far off, and he misses the thing absolutely. So Ian's like, 
hand it. Like, he has such a shitty grip on it, and he, like, is, like, closing his eyes and, like, flinches every time he shoots it. So Ian's like, uh, hand it over here. And Linda's like, what? He's like, give it to me. And he calls out everywhere he's gonna hit before he hits it, and he hits every single, every single spot. And then he goes, ROTC. Bullseye, baby. That's right. That's right. Linda looks impressed, and I'm not even gonna look at Cash, because Cash, the look on Cash's face is incorrect. Do they actually shoot guns in ROTC? Because my brothers did ROTC, and I never knew if they actually, like, shot shit or not. Who knew if any of this was accurate? <laughs> I don't yeah. think they let children <laughs> shoot guns. I don't think they let minors shoot guns in our... I'm gonna hope that they don't let minors shoot guns in ROTC. Yeah, I hope not. I was a minor when I shot a gun, but I haven't... It was, like at my grandfather's, like, farm or whatever. But still, <laughs> it's, like, a high schooler, fucking sophomore. You even give him a gun? Good luck, Charlie. So we're back at back-to-school night, and Fiona has a motherfucking game plan. She's got them in a huddle. She's like, we're gonna go in there, we're gonna show them that we're stable, and that we can handle this, and that nobody should be taking anybody away. All right? Got it? Break. Cool. So they go into the principal's office. Lip and Fiona are sitting down with the principal, and we get confirmation on age. Fiona is 21. Finally! Fiona is 21 years old, and Lip is 17. These precious babies, children. Babies, Lip, a 17-year-old, just took, what, a dozen SAT tests and got almost perfect scores on every single one of them. And Fiona is 21, raising five children. Bro, this family really be wild and out. Like, do you know how much of an idiot I was at 21? I, like... I'm still an idiot. You knew me when I was seven. You knew me when I was seventeen. I was <laughs> fucking. I'm not smart. <laughs> I'm twenty-five. I'm still an idiot. Let's be clear. But I was so much more of an idiot at twenty-one. I am so impressed. I'm so wildly impressed with Fiona being twenty-one and doing all of this. Yeah, girl. Like I'm surprised her mental health isn't worse. <laughs> so the principal says Carl is on the verge of being expelled and saying that he has to meet with a legal guardian in order to expel Carl from the school. This guy, I feel like the things he's saying are illegal. Because he says what Carl needs is yeah, a medication, no, a near-death experience, or a lobotomy. You're an educator. Bro, how are you going to talk about, yeah, how are you going to talk about one of your students like that to their guardian, basically? Like, the principal and the assistant are being, like, unreasonably mean to the, about this child. It's, it's insane. Like, I don't care all the, I don't care what he did in school. You can't just be talking like this about a kid. Yeah. It's, and like, it'd be one thing if they talk shit to other teachers, but no, she, he's saying this shit to Fiona and Lip and like everyone. And like, they're clearly I guess, not... I guess it's just, I guess it might be like the Gallagher kind of like history. So he knows like he has to be fucking tough and hard with them because you, that's who they are as a family. Yeah. They're clearly not avoiding bringing the parents because they're trying to keep them out of it. Like, they, they're they clearly doing the best they can. Why are you, oh my god, this guy enrages me. We don't find out what- I like him towards the end of the episode, though. <laughs> but we cut away from that guy saying, gotta be illegal things, to Karen and Frank in Karen's English class, where she's being praised because she's very smart, she's very developed, and Frank takes credit for it. He's like, yep, I'm her dad, and I've been around her whole life, and she gets it all from me. Okay, Frank. Okay. Thanks, Frank. And, like, Karen's just happy to have somebody there, which, fair. You know what? Fair. I'm gonna give you a pass for that, Karen. The only time Karen sort of gets right. Yeah. <laughs> we cut back to Fiona and Lip, 
And once again, this principal is threatening to call social services. What the fuck, dude? Uh, and after he makes that terrifying comment, Steve rolls in, wearing a suit, looking all handsome. And he's like, hi, sorry, I'm You're late. You're looking spiffy. I was held up at the office. Sorry, I'm late. So now that Fiona and I are engaged and we filed paperwork to be guardians, everything's gonna be fine. And, like, suddenly the principal's like, okay, that's acceptable. Fiona wasn't acceptable four minutes ago, but now that her fiancé has rolled in, everything's fine. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Okay. And we find out that Carl's report card has seven U's. <laughs> me. It's literally me. So, basically, it's got seven F's. And the principal, once again, says it has to be an illegal thing. I am not a religious man, but every now and then a child comes along that makes me believe in the existence of Satan. The sooner Carl is put in prison, the safer this world is going to be. He's nine! He's a baby, and he's comparing him to Satan. Can't. I can't with this fucking guy. So Electric chair. So the guy says something about a painter in his offensive rant. And Steve makes a weird painter observation because there's like um, turtles on the shelf behind the guy that are apparently painted by the drummer from the Grateful Dead. And Steve like makes that observation. He sees his opening and he goes for it. Uh, and he uses his charming Steveness to get the principal to like take a walk with him and come come have a stroll with Steve. Steve has a way with words. Got a way with words, that man. And then we transition to the thugs are at the school. They're at back to school night. <laughs> I love how they're just everywhere. They're looking for Frank. They find Frank. They beat the shit out of Frank. And they say he needs to come up with the money by Saturday or they're taking Frank's ears. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, and then we go back. Steve and the principal are in some back room somewhere getting high and talking about the Grateful Dead. I love that. They're just like passing a joint back and forth, just like chatting up a storm. And Steve's like, oh yeah, I love the Grateful Dead. And the guy's like, the Grateful Dead are a terrible fucking band. But they've toured a lot, and the Deadheads wanted to sleep with a black guy. That's why I'm here. Like, I Iconic. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know fuck what? you for what you said earlier, but like, that's kind of funny. It's kind of iconic, yeah. Steve insists they're going to turn Carl around, and the, the principal's like, I'm not, like, you. thanks for the joint, but no, I'm not pushing past this. And then Steve's like, yeah, but what if I just give you free weed forever? And the principal is amenable to that. Honestly, I would take that. <laughs> so Steve, I'd take that bribe. Steve comes out from that meeting. He's the hero. He's successful. We love Steve. Steve and his charming Steveness. And the whole family's like, yay, Carl's not going to disappear. That's awesome. And then they're all celebrating. And Debbie spots Frank down the hall with Karen. And she's so happy to see him. Daddy, daddy, you're here. And Lip and Fiona immediately looks stone-faced and heartbroken and then eventually debbie even looks heartbroken and i guess karen even looks a little sorry about it because she says to lip she's like oh i thought you didn't i thought you didn't come to these things so that's why i asked frank to be here so she even seems a little sorry about it but the whole yeah. gallagher family's like we begged you to show up for us and you didn't and you're here for her well fuck frank <laughs> i hate frank so they Cut, we cut away from that. We're at, we're back at the Gallagher house. They're sitting. They're all sitting Carl down in the living room. And Fiona says, you have to stop biting and kicking and punching people. And he asks, how else do I make them cry? <laughs> Lip says, gossip and slander. That's how you do it. 
And uh, Lip says they're going to get Carl into hockey. And Ian's like, you can come to karate with me. You can, it'll be allowed for you to break people's arms. That'll be allowed in, in karate. And Carl, also, I love how Ian does karate. <laughs> That's so cute. So cute. And like, Carl looks sad about it. But, and Fiona looks sad that she has to ask him to do it. But he's like, doesn't fight it. Then we cut Sheila and Frank are in bed. And Sheila's asking Frank for another play-by-play of the parent-teacher night and how good uh, Karen is doing. And Sheila has a crisis about how she's going to help Karen grow into a woman if she can't even leave the house. And I love Sheila so much. I love Sheila. She just wants to be a good mom. And her illnesses are stopping her. God damn it, Joan Cusack. You're a gem. It's so good. She says, life is going on all around me and I'm missing out. And Frank, <laughs> Sheila. Frank is actually really, really sweet with her. And he's like, it's okay. I'm right here. And we're going to get through this. And you're going to make it out that door one day. I'm like, wow, I kind of love them. There are moments where I kind of love the two of them. Only sometimes for me. <laughs> like, it's shown that he has the capacity for compassion because he's very sweet to her. It's really he's so nice. sweet to her. And then we cut back. Lip is at the house. He's calling all in, in that little office cubby area under the stairs that we never ever see again. Lip is sitting under there calling all of his clients, telling them that their SAT scores are being validated. And then we go up to Fiona's room, where she and Steve are getting all flirty and sexy because he saved the day and she's into it. And there's a great Steve monologue. There's been a lot of great Steve monologues recently. But he says to Fiona, you're afraid that I'll keep showing up and helping and you'll like it. And by liking it, you'll start relying on it. And by relying on it, you'll be less of the you that you've made yourself into. The kick-ass that you that you like, and I like too, but you're afraid that if you learn to rely on me, that one day when you really need me to show up, I won't. And then you'll be angry at yourself for believing in something that you only see in movies. Something I'm determined to actually prove to you. And she says, how come every time I want to fool around, you can't shut the fuck up? <laughs> I did. <laughs> like, it was a beautiful speech, and she was like, will you shut up and fuck me, please? And like... Love that for you, Fiona. Love that. Love that. I miss, like, whenever I hear a Steve speech in this season, I'm, like, struck. Like, I miss hearing a Steve speech in every episode. Me too. I miss when the writing could give us Steve speeches. Mike O'Malley did a good fucking job with this episode. Like He really did. There was a lot of, I don't, I haven't been writing down a whole bunch of lines from other episodes. I wrote down like pretty much every line that came out of anybody's mouth in this episode. It's so Yeah, good. like we have like a spreadsheet of like the episode and like, yeah, I see there's so many quotes and like this is the most I've seen. But like all these lines are so iconic. Like these are like funny or like intense or like are needed. And like, of course we get a Steve speech. So like that's even better. You know where I live, you have a problem. Like, oh, oh. I what a man iconic so yeah i miss when the writing was this good i miss it and we cut back to downstairs there's a knock at the door debbie answers it it's the football player from the bathroom from earlier he says he's here to pay lip for the sats except he's not he's here to get in the house and beat the shit out of lip uh because the score's gotten validated yeah and lip runs away through the house the guy catches up to him grabs him and hangs him out the fucking window <laughs> in their bedroom <laughs> Like, this kid is, like, holding him by his ankles out of the fucking window. And the whole family tries to, like, talk this guy down and save Lip, and, like, it's not getting through to him. And then Carl runs in with the bat and convinces the guy to bring Lip back inside. And then, like, Lip's 
safe. And the guy's like, everything's fine. I'm sorry. I overreacted. And Carl swings for the knees and just like, crack. That guy's not playing football anytime soon. Bro, he wrecks that guy. <laughs> and then after this whole speech of you can't be violent toward people that they've been giving him the whole episode, they erupt into cheers and they lift him on their shoulders because there's a time and place for violence. And that was the time and that was the place. And that was the time. You go, Carl. And that's it. Credits. Carl's being celebrated in credits. And then the after credit scene is the principal and the assistant getting high and flirting. And then there's an unnecessary rape joke. And we, why? Why? Yeah. Why did we it, need it's that? A, it's unnecessary. It's not needed. We almost made it out of this episode with only one rape joke. And now there's another one. Okay. But that's it. That's it. The episode's over. That's it. Okay. So um, what did we think of episode six? I want to hear your thoughts, because I've gone first the last couple times. I, I like I said before, I really, I miss, I miss when the writing was so good that we got a Steve speech. I, mm-hmm. I miss a Steve speech. I really liked this episode. I liked mm-hmm. how this, this episode was, like, the epitome of, like, the vibes you get from season one. Like, everybody, like, everybody getting together and just, I don't know, it's... Everybody getting together to solve the problem of Carl, it was great. And, like, them banding together as a family to, like, figure out how to get through this. And, like, I I really liked it. And, like, this is the pinnacle, the cutest that Fiona and Steve have gotten so far. Like, mm-hmm. they're adorable. Uh, but I love we, them. So, like, it's not my favorite episode. We did get an appearance of our favorite boy in the world. Like, uh, but I liked it. What What did you think about it? Yeah, I really liked it. I like agree, I agree with you in the sense that like it kind of like is like one of the core moments in season one, or like sums up a lot of season one. How like they still are kind of like all like together and they're like helping each other out and like they're doing it as like a group because like no spoilers for the later seasons, but like the later the seasons get, like a lot of they they do a lot of problem solving in their own little thing. Like it's not like a big family thing anymore. Like everyone's older and they're doing their own separate stuff. But, like, it kind of just, like, it makes me nostalgic because, like, they're just, like, so small, all of them, and they're just, like, the best. Yeah, the older the cast gets, the less we see them, like, all together now. And, like, I like it when mm-hmm. we're all together. It's fun. Um, But, yeah, so that was episode six, everybody. Uh, yes, it was. It totally didn't take us three days to finish this recording. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. It did. Not at all. <laughs> uh. But, yeah, so that's the end of this episode. And very special announcement, everybody. Our next episode, Season 1, Episode 7, is not only going to be an episode where Evan and I completely lose our fucking marbles um, because of Mickey Milkovich. The notes are long. It's 11 pages of notes. It's the longest notes we've done so far. Only by, like, one and a half pages, but, like, it's the longest notes we've done so far. And we are going to have a special guest in episode seven. Yes, our very first guest. Yes, her name is Simone Palacano. She is the co-founder of the nonprofit Invisible Hands. They deliver uh, groceries and medication to people in uh, the New York and New Jersey area and in the Philadelphia area. It's a volunteer program. I'm volunteering with them. Uh, it's incredible. Simone is a boss ass bitch, and she also like is an actress and is wildly talented. Like has been <laughs> in a movie with Richard Kind. She's fantastic. Um, so yeah, oh, amazing. We're very excited to have Simone joining us next week. I'm so excited. Yay! We'll get to see somebody uh, observe you and I um, losing it. Just completely. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. 
next week's gonna be a super fun one, so y'all better y'all better tune in. I'm very I'm really excited for it. So we forgot to plug it last episode. Evan, where can people follow you on the internet? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at I Wanna Die on Instagram. I Wanna Die Four Thousand. Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting my own handle at this point. Um, I promise I'm okay. And you can also find me at the same username on TikTok. And I make a lot of funny, weird content that who knows if you'll enjoy it. But yes, where can they find you, Amanda? You can find me on Twitter at AbnormalAmanda, on Instagram at AbnormalAmanda18, uh, on TikTok at AbnormalAmanda, although like I've got four videos and nobody should watch it. But <laughs> you can find our show at LuckWeHadPod on twitter look we had pod on instagram look look we had pod at gmail if you want to email us we're everywhere we're doing this we're and doing this. we also do have a website it is luck we had pod dot c-a-r-r-d dot co dot com no not dot com just dot co <laughs> and that'll have information about me and about evan and it'll have links to everywhere you can listen to the podcast so far it is the three s word podcast hosting spaces Spotify, yes. Stitcher, and Spotify, Stitcher, Definitely. and SoundCloud. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. We're thank we're you happy so much, everyone. You. And come back next week. It's gonna be a wild one. Please Yay. do. We love you. Please. <laughs> Yay! Bye. Bye.